You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 163. It is the second week of July of 2018. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, I was talking a little bit to you before we went on the air here. I feel like I haven't talked to you. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time. How's it going, buddy? Well, gee, it's it's only been a week since our last show went up, which was, you know, totally topical and and not recorded back in May. You did a great job with that, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but yes, it has been a while. Not, not to pull back the curtain too much. And you know how we hate to break kayfabe here. But yeah, we haven't uh, talked to each other <laughs> about personal things or about professional wrestling. At least not... Uh, in person or 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 over uh, an audio form it's it's been mostly tweets and texts so it's good that's, to be back that's true and not so much texts the last week and a half because i broke my phone and i haven't gotten a new one yet <laughs> and you know after uh let's see this is day eight now of no cell phone i don't miss it could that just be become your thing it's like hey that's <laughs> ethan he just doesn't have a cell phone or any want- phone <laughs> How do you get in touch with them? I don't know. Maybe send them a message on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... I probably don't want to be that guy, but... All right, we have a lot to talk about this week, but we're definitely not going to talk about that Vince McMahon CM Punk promo from a few years ago from the Raw where CM Punk and Vince McMahon had a street fight. Absolutely definitely not. not. Definitely not going to talk about that. And what else are we not going to talk about this week? I think, and- that, I think that's it. I, there may have been a list, but uh, that was the only one we wrote down this week. We don't have. There was. I had something WCW related. I think. Oh, I, we're not going to talk about. I didn't tell you this, but I'm telling you and the listener now. We are not going to talk about that one WCW paper uh, pay per view where Rick Steiner uh, sicked wild vicious dogs on Sting. <laughs> I I, uh, I rented that from a, a Hollywood video. Wow. Like like five years after the fact. Hollywood Video, by the way, went out of business and I owed them money. And <laughs> it's like one of the greatest things that ever happened to me is they went out of business. <laughs> anyway. Great story. <laughs> so much to talk about. <laughs> and so much we can't talk about. All right. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the WWE Universal Champion for all that that means. <laughs> and he also appeared at the big UFC show this past weekend. He's re-entered the USADA drug testing pool, and it looks like he's going to fight in the UFC in January. A lot of time between now and then for him to drop the universal title. And a lot of rumblings that his contract is up at the end of August with the, with WWE. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on Brock appearing at the UFC show? The... Um, kayfabe stretching altercation that he had with Daniel Cormier <laughs> in the cage after Cormier's fight. Just all things Brock Lesnar. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's it feels like it's been rumored for a while that he was going to go back, and of course, the biggest issue has been when exactly he, you know, if he was going to fight before the end of the year, you know, when would he have put himself back into USADA testing? And obviously, we know now that he missed that. Uh, Miss that deal, which I guess I had read something that said Daniel Cormier doesn't like to fight like right before Christmas because it ruins his Christmas. So <laughs> makes sense. Uh, I am oh, so I I can imagine he didn't want to be in that you know like last two weeks before fight camp ready uh, on Christmas Day. So I can see that also being a factor in in pushing it back till January. Um, but yeah, they they had a shoving match and Brock said a bunch of naughty words and. And here we are. We're going to have a, a UFC heavyweight title fight uh, with Brock Lesnar and Daniel Cormier, just as we all predicted. Uh, <laughs> is Brock going to lose the universal title to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? Probably, right? I mean, or, or like Roman will beat him and then Braun will beat Roman because that'll be your actual happy ending. Yeah, I think for that's the hardcores. What... I think that's what happens. Because they like to end SummerSlam with a bit of a swerve so they have some storylines for the fall. Like, SummerSlam is usually not a happy ending show. Um, although, I guess that would be a happy ending show. <laughs> <laughs> I 
if, is there well, a happy? Depends. If you're if you're a Roman Reigns fan, if you're one of the dozens and dozens of Roman Reigns fans, it would not be a happy ending. And now now Roman gets to chase the much more popular babyface. Um, or you can just do what they do with him every fall, and he'll win like the mid card title, and then around Royal Rumble they'll take it off of him, and he'll go back to wrestling for the world title. That that's fair. We have some more uh, Roman Reigns stuff to discuss. As we get into Extreme Rules, that show is this weekend. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, But first, I would like to introduce a regular feature on this show, and it's our top three WWE independent contractors who should quit. All right. And this week, my list is Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Renee Young. I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, their booking is pretty self-explanatory. I think it can't get worse for Kevin Owens, and then the next week it does. He's just in this never-ending feud with Braun Strowman, but it's not really a feud because no one ever gets any heat on Braun. So it's just Braun squashing Owens every week in various ways, and uh, it's no good. And Sammy's going to be off TV for quite a while. He'll come back. He'll get a little... Just for Laughs Comedy uh, Festival in Montreal. Yeah, he's getting outside opportunities now, and I'm sure Renee could have as many outside opportunities as she wanted. So, you know, Renee has probably had outside opportunities before, and I'm sure she could have a lot of outside opportunities going forward, whether it be in sports or e-news or something like that. Just those those are my top three people who should quit WWE this week. Who do you who do you have on your list? If I, well, first of all, we're gonna fantasy book a career for Renee. She should be like a correspondent on the Daily Show or something, but like a funny version of the Daily Show, not the Daily Show as it currently <laughs> is. I mean, she should like... get a time machine and go back to 2007 when John Stewart <laughs> was hosting the Daily Show and be a correspondent on there. I think she has very. I was going to say, well, she's very funny, but obviously that's not a qualification for being on The Daily Show in 2018. So, uh, yeah, maybe she, she could go try you know, her hand at comedy. She, she and Dolph are doing that, and a bunch of other people are doing that uh, improv show a couple nights before SummerSlam. So maybe she, she could stretch her comedy legs. I'm going to that show. Of course you are. You, you know, Kathy, you think Kathy Kelly will be there? <laughs> I don't think Kathy Kelly will be there. All right. Uh, Renee and Charlie will be there doing comedy, and Dolph and Tyler Breeze too. And and for, Zach for, friend of friend of the show, Zach Ryder. Friend of one half of the show, Zach Ryder, uh, will be there also. Sorry, I'm not friends with Lita or Bruce Pritchard, Ethan. <laughs> I will not. Okay, you can take your shots at Pritchard or whatever. I don't know how anyone can have a problem with Lita. I really don't. I'm just saying, you're, you're coming at me with like all, all your wrestling Twitter friends are uncool, unlike my guys that I like. <laughs> that's, that's, that's tough but fair, I guess. Yeah, so I'm going to see Dolph Ziggler do comedy over SummerSlam weekend. Oh. Doesn't that sound awful? Sounds like what hell would be. It'll be... I don't know. I feel like it's supporting... It's like supporting Renee. Sure. Let's anyway to my top three. Let's <laughs> let's dig ourselves out of this hole by digging further down, um, <laughs> and name my top three people who should quit this week. Uh, number number three, Ember Moon. What's she done on television since she's been called up? She's... Nothing. No, you know, they they don't really know what to do with her. She beats Liv Morgan every week. She has a nickname, the War Goddess. What, is, uh, what does that mean? So she came up the night after WrestleMania, correct? That, that sounds right. I I don't remember. I believe she was. She was the night after a big pay-per-view. I remember that. Um, and so she's been on the show for like four months now. Like, I don't think I've ever heard cut a promo. I don't think they've done like an introduction, uh, introduction video package. Who is she? Why is she a war goddess? Why is there more than one girl on the show with the nickname goddess? I don't know. These are all questions I could ask. <laughs> they, but have, I'm not... they have three goddesses. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, okay, so my number two, on a similar note, Bob Rude. Bob Rude's been on the main roster for like nine months. And he smiles and he has a cool entrance song. 
Like in NXT, he was Ric Flair Jr. And say what you want to say about that idea for a gimmick. It was a gimmick. Now he's just a guy in a robe. (laughs) He's just a guy in a robe. So he should quit. And then my number one, which will be my number one until he quits, Finn Balor. Finn, you got to get out of here. They're going to make you job to Baron Corbin. They, they're redoing. You know, you remember how we talked on this show and everyone in the world talked about how terrible the Daniel Bryan and Big Cass feud was? Yes. They're doing that, but with Baron Corbin and Finn Balor now. Finn, Baron Corbin makes a million height jokes. And then, except at least Daniel Bryan got to beat up Big Cass in pretty much every angle they had. Uh, Balor also has to do jobs for Corbin. So... Finn, you gotta quit, man. I know you're not listening, but maybe I can like psychically reach out to him. You gotta go, man. Count- counterpoint, Kathy Kelly. Uh, she'll come. With you. <laughs> <laughs> she can also get a job at the 2008 Daily Show. That's fair. Uh, she's way too talented to be in wrestling. I don't know what's going on there either, but. Um, All right, so those pause. are. <laughs> those are our, those are our top threes for uh, who should who should quit this week. Come back next week where we'll have an updated list of who should quit. So this is probably a nice time to segue into boss time. Oh no. And now it's boss time. Well, Liam, if if women's wrestling were thriving or even surviving anywhere else in North America right now, I would put Becky Lynch, of course, on my list of people who should quit. And atop my list would be Sasha Banks, who, let's just review what happened on Monday Night Raw this week. They were in Boston. Remember I was talking ad nauseum on this show several weeks ago about how I had recently watched the Hell in a Cell entrance, uh, her entrance from Hell in a Cell where she came out in Escalade and the her hometown crowd went nuts. Yes, that was just two weeks ago on our theme music show. Exactly. That's that's what that's what I meant to say. So last night, or I'm sorry, this week on Raw, uh, here's here's some things that happened. Uh, Bo Dallas had an eight minute match. Lit- <laughs> Liv, Liv Morgan had an eight-minute match. Mojo Raleigh wrestled. Baron Corbin sang the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Uh-huh. They did not, in fact, put Sasha Banks on the show in front of a live crowd in her hometown. Can I, can I counterpoint a, a bus time for a moment here? I, I suppose. Uh, so clearly by the end of the She's Going to Be the Heel... In the Bailey and and Sasha feud, because people cheered wildly when Bailey beat her up, right? Yeah, that's probably for the best. Yes. Okay, so maybe in their head they thought, well, Sasha's going to end up the heel, so we don't need her to come out in Boston and get a big hometown pop. I I think you're giving them too much credit. I think they just don't like me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think they th- they think of her as like a good hand but not someone that they want to build around. Noted. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it for boss time. Well, there you go. That was boss time. All right, that was boss time. Uh, This weekend is Extreme Rules. Let's preview this show. On the pre-show, there's a tables match between The New Day and Sanity. There's a big 10-man tag on SmackDown this week where Team Hell No and The New Day wrestled the Bludgeon Brothers and Sanity. 
Daniel Bryan pinned Eric Young. Daniel Bryan now has the power to summon fire like Kane, like Kane does. <laughs> I cannot. I, it's, an, it's another year. Four years of doing this show. Been ranting about Kane. You got one more in you or should I? Not should tonight. I not tonight. I don't. All right. Well, maybe we'll save that for next week's show. Um, yeah. Can you? I I was struck by last week when uh, Kane pinned the Usos, and <sighs> I thought, can you? And the finish was the Usos were hitting their trademark double splash, and he just caught them both out of midair, and choke slammed one, and Brian hit the knee on the other one. And I was like, it's a pretty good finish. I was like, can you imagine being the Usos who have been like one of the few highlights in WWE in like the last two years? has been the Usos who have consistently had great matches and consistently cut great different promos than anybody else on that roster. And they got just TV, and they were told, hey, pal, need you to put over Kane tonight. It's, it's, it's so bad. It is so bad right now. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the New Day are wrestling Sanity in a tables match, and I assume they booked it as a tables match so they can put Sanity over without really putting them over the New Day. Um, I don't see any other reason for that. They've yet to put Sanity over in any way so far. So <laughs> they've lost every match they've been in so far. I'm pretty sure that is true. Alexa Bliss is the Raw Women's Champion, and she's wrestling Nia Jax. Ronda Rousey will be ringside. Hey, how about that Ronda Rousey 2K19 commercial this week? Well, I think I think you had the quote when you said, why don't we just let them book for a while? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was thinking about that. It's like, you remember when they when they booked Sting's return for WWE? Yes. And they had that great commercial with the orque- orchestral theme, uh, version of Sting's WCW theme playing. And the crowd got so mad when they realized it was just a video game commercial. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then I remembered them helping to book Bill Goldberg's return. Yes. And they probably would have helped build Kurt Angle's re- uh, return, but WWE actually beat them to the punch on that one. Um, yes. They and booked, they, they booked Warrior's return. Right. And next year they'll probably book Hogan's return or something. Um, aren't many aren't many returns left now, but... <laughs> Wow, it's, it's him or Punk, right? Like, well, yeah, and they could always do something with Dwayne too. I mean, I suppose I don't think Dwayne's going to wrestle anymore. But as far as being the face of the video game, I could see that. But point being, yes, uh, and if you compare that to like what Two uh, K did to promote the return of these people, or uh, you know their inclusion in a video game, compared to like what WWE did with Goldberg, which was. Have him talk to Jonathan Coachman on ESPN or, uh, you know, something like that. Um, Or Sting, who just kind of showed up. Um, Yes. The end of a match where (laughs) Dolph Ziggler ran wild. Yes. Sting, canon friend of Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) So Alex is wrestling Nia, who's a baby face again, because if you're... If you care about continuity on this show, you're punished for it. Um, I assume like this her is... teaming with Natalia, who she intentionally injured like three weeks ago. <laughs> like, if they don't care, why should I care? Well, I, I think you've got your answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So who's going to win that uh, that barn burner between Alexa and Nia? I could see them doing some kind of screwy finish. You have Mickey James also involved. Is this an Extreme Rules match? Uh, it is an Extreme Rules match. Okay. Um, so you can have Mickey James get involved. You can have Ronda get involved. Somehow I think Alexa walks out with the belt because I I just, you know, that's a safe bet generally. And, and I think you probably do a three-way at SummerSlam. And then you hold off because we've got to get more heat. <laughs> and and then we'll build, a, I don't know, Survivor Series or something. Or more likely just like the random October pay-per-view this year. They'll do uh, uh, Ronda and Alexa in the big singles match. Ugh. Well, that will be a match. AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against Handsome Rusev. That you is for, you a, you a for a singles match. Okay. 
So here on Extreme Rules, reminding you of the name of this pay-per-view is Extreme Rules. Ready for a, a hot take? Oh, yeah. I'm always up for a spicy, okay. spicy take. All right, here it goes. Uh, AJ Styles hasn't had a really good wrestling match since that Royal Rumble match against John Cena almost two years ago. Whoa. He's had some pretty good matches. And I thought in the last man standing match with Nakamura, Nakamura was really great in that match. And AJ was just there. Wow. I don't think AJ Styles is the wrestler he was two years ago. You know, I honestly don't watch SmackDown enough to (laughs) counterpoint you there. He had a a four-star match with Jinder Mahal where he won the title uh, seven or eight months ago. But if the best I can do is pull up something from eight months ago. Um, I mean, look who he's been programmed with, though. And look at, you know, look what, look what he's been given. Okay, that's, that's fair to an extent. I would say there are other guys who have had just as, have had better matches. Like, Seth Rollins has been programmed. Seth Rollins, I thought, had a better match on Raw with Jinder Mahal than AJ had with him. I thought Seth Rollins had better matches with The Miz and better matches with people that aren't seen as work-rate guys than AJ has been able to have with, uh, you know, f- fellow main eventers in the last year. And you can, you can blame some of it, I think, on, yes, his opponents. Jinder, he, he bumped his ass off for Jinder. I'm not denying that. But it's like the match with Brock was pretty good. And a lot of that was because he went up for Brock because Brock had a guy he could throw around easily and didn't have to work with a big stiff like he'd been working with for the previous nine months. Uh, And before that, it's like he had that feud with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, who I've seen have really good matches with a lot of people, that feud with Kevin Owens was bad. And the matches weren't very good. That's that's fair, but that's just one of those weird things where those two have never had chemistry in the ring. Um, Again, I'm pulling out something from nine months ago now, but he had a, like a four-star match with Bauer on a, that one in the pay-per-view. Okay, all right. Uh, if you wanted to tell me that he that Seth is now the best guy in the company, I guess I wouldn't, maybe that's I wouldn't one argue with I'm, you. I'm I'm dressing up. I'm dressing it up in a hotter take. <laughs> but my point is, I think there was a time specifically in like that summer of 2016 through when they made him the champion. He had like the crazy TLC match with Ambrose and all the matches with Cena and was, you know, making James Ellsworth and, and guys like that and Dolph and people like that look good. Corbin. It's like, he was so clearly the best guy in the company and it wasn't even close. And now he's like, I mean, if you count NXT, he's like, I think he's like number four or five. That's fair. I mean, I think it's a fair take. I mean, he's 40 years old now, too, you know, or 41 years old. I don't, I don't, it sounds, it sounds, I just, I saw a lot of, specifically the hardest of hardcore fans giving uh, Shinsuke Nakamura a lot of crap for not being able to go anymore. And I'm not saying they're wrong that he can secretly go, but I watched that feud, specifically the last couple matches they had where Nakamura was a heel. And I saw Nakamura's really bringing it here. And I felt like AJ's effort was lacking. So, again, it, you could be right, and it's just a strength of opponent thing. My guess is we're going to get AJ and Samoa Joe here in 2018 soon. And, you know, who knows what, what we'll have for the rest of the year. If there's call-ups after SummerSlam, uh, who knows who he could be feuding with. Maybe he'll have a match with Almas down the road if they see – If I don't know if they'll see him at that level because he's kind of small. But um, I don't know, man. I, just, I thought it was worth throwing out because it's not something I've really seen anybody else say. And I, again, I kind of dressed this up in a, in a very hot takery uh, package. But I think my point is just AJ's not the best anymore. That's, that's really solid. I haven't heard anyone else say that yet. I'll have to keep an eye on that and form my own opinion. But yeah. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt are wrestling Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel on pay-per-view. In a tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Has there ever been two people that have been given more chances with less talent? Minus like Garrett Bischoff or (laughs) Wes Briscoe or Eric Watts or uh, was Gagne's son name? Greg. Greg Greg was good. 
not really not on that level though. So he he shouldn't be in the level he shouldn't be in the conversation with these all time terrible workers. No, you're right. Um, has there then Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel? Because I have been watching these guys for a really long time on my television, and they've never been particularly good, and yet here they are getting ten minutes of TV time in Sasha Banks's hometown. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Did you see that spot this week where Bo almost killed himself on the ropes and people are saying it was an intentional spot? Uh, I did see the spot. I didn't know people were saying it was intentional. They're like, I heard, saw some people saying, like, yeah, he used to do that in NXT. I think we're giving Bo Dallas way too much credit. Well, also, isn't that like the shoot way that Enzo Amore like, almost killed himself a couple years ago? That's exactly the shoot way. I thought he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a pay-per-view match. Sure is. Carmella is wrestling Asuka. Carmella is the SmackDown Women's Champion, and she's wrestling Asuka with James Ellsworth in a shark cage suspended above the ring. That stipulation was announced on SmackDown this week. Sell those shark cage play sets, brother. That that would make sense, like they did on the NXT uh, show when they put out that playset with the shark cage, but they actually referred to it as whatever the name of the toy was. But the name of the toy is like the crash cage or something. And Vince has never seen the toy, and so he just still calls it the shark cage. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? When the, when the 70-year-old man whose company just got $2 billion television deals wants to call it a shark cage, you're going to call it a shark cage, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's a shark cage, yeah. Um, does Carmella walk out of here with the title again? Do they somehow put Ellsworth in the shark cage and yet have him help her anyway? Probably. I'm pretty sure they've done that in every shark cage match they've done. Because they did the, the one with Enzo, uh, where the babyface manager was suspended above the ring. Uh, they did the Jericho one. Uh, Jericho, I think it was Roman and Owens. And then, yeah, they did the only one where the manager didn't get out I think was that one in NXT. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think Becky Lynch is going to be the one to beat Carmella for this title. Wow. You have, but she talks funny, Liam. I know, but they, but they've been intentionally pointing out how she never wins the big one. So <sighs> I think they're going to do one of those things where every two years they throw hardcore fans a bone and she'll hold, she'll win the title from Carmella because the whole thing is, oh, all of these people that Carmella's an underdog against, she keeps beating, but then the other loser is the one that finally beats her. And then, and then like three weeks later, Becky will lose it to whoever the next heel who holds it for nine months will be. Cool. The, blood, <laughs> the Bludgeon Brothers are wrestling Team Hell No for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I assume that Team Hell No will win, and the Bludgeon Brothers will be killed. I, I honestly have no idea. I guess it depends on how how they see Daniel Bryan going forward, how close they think he is to resigning. Uh, yeah, I guess you could just have him win the tag titles until you figure out what to do with him. <laughs> yeah, until Kane has to go be mayor. Yeah, until until <laughs> Bryan goes to the CMLL. The they want they want they want him to be champion when he becomes mayor. God only knows. I don't know, but they have a plan. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like, you know, like they put the title on gender because, you know, India is a country that exists. Ugh. And it's like they could, that'll be in the record books forever that they had a sitting United States mayor as one of their champions. Mm. Seems like the kind of weird legacy trivia BS they're into in this age. That's, that's fair. Dolph Ziggler with his heavy oh. Drew McIntyre in his corner. We'll be wrestling Seth Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship in a 30-minute Ironman match. Um, Seth's the best guy in the company right now. Um, neither of us are a big fan of Dolph. McIntyre... Uh, I think is, he's at the exact level he should be. He's like a flashing neon sign for PED testing. And... <laughs> And 
there he is. Um, you mean guys don't generally get much better physiques and get like 20, 30 pounds of muscle added on when they get closer to 40? Naturally, anyway? I, I, I don't know, man. I'm sure he works really hard in the gym. I'm sure he works incredibly hard. I'm sure, I'm sure Jinder Mahal does, too. But I don't know, man. Anyway, those two are wrestling for the, for the Intercontinental title. I mean, I think right now, even if you only watch Raw once in a while or around pay-per-view time or whatever, you only watch the pay-per-views, I don't know. If, you, if you're casually paying attention to WWE right now, it is abundantly clear that Seth is the most over guy, at least on Raw. Yeah. He sh- he should beat Brock Lesnar. He should be the the top guy on Raw right now. And, I said that and, in March, by the way. That's true. That's true. You did. <laughs> and instead, he's wrestling Dolph for the Intercontinental Title, and he's probably gonna lose. Yeah. What well, sense? What sense does this make? I will say they made a note that you can lose falls by DQ and count out. And I thought that's something they're going to point out because Dolph's not like Dolph. The deciding fall is going to be like McIntyre hits Dolph mm. and gets and gets Seth DQ'd and so. then Seth loses one to nothing or something. And we'll all have wasted a half hour of our lives. Yeah, probably. Or more accurately, Dolph will just pin it. Like they'll each pin each other like two or three times and. And then they'll do whatever for their finish. But I thought it was interesting that they meant that they decided to point that out because they so rarely point anything out like that on commentary. That's that's yeah. They don't do foreshadowing uh, or subtlety very well. Jeff Hardy's wrestling Nakamura for the United States Championship. Another two thousand nine dream match here. No idea what to make of this either. Sorry, I just uh, dropped a bottle. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what to make of this. Yeah, I I, it, I thought maybe it was just going to be a TV match, but obviously Nakamura got bitten by a dog. A I think that police dog. By a, no, no uh, subtext there about a, an immigrant about to go for the United <laughs> States Championship, uh, getting being a victim of police violence. There's uh, no subtext there. Um, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I I have no idea. It seems like maybe Nakamura should win because he's lost so many times on television and on pay-per-view this year. Apparently never going to be the world champion. So No, no. Ethan, he talks funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, for the heck of it, if you want a prediction, I'll just say, yeah, maybe I, I would say put the title on Nakamura because he's very entertaining as a talker. And as a as a performer currently, and Jeff Hardy is uh can't doesn't have a driver's license, so it's true. There's always that chance he'll trade the title for a skateboard. <laughs> this is the greatest joke I ever heard. <laughs> Finn Balor is wrestling Constable Baron Corbin. I swear, as God is my witness, in advertising for a house show in Salisbury, Maryland, next month. They're advertising Constable Baron Corbin on the arena website. <laughs> He's a star. Constable? I don't I could This it's it's insulting in every single way to all of our intelligence that he's that that first of all he's on TV. Second of all that, that he has a title that no one has. He's the constable? Well, they were thinking up synonyms for like police officer or security guard or something, enforcer. And uh Call him an effing enforcer then. Well no, they already called Stone Cold the Sheriff once upon a time. So they can't what's a synonym for sheriff? He's the constable. It makes me angry. It really makes me angry. I mean, I, I you're preaching to the choir here, buddy. I, I mean, I just hate that he bumps around. I mean, among other things, uh, he could have lost a hair match to Finn, and that could have been the way they shaved his head. That still bothers me. And two, uh, he bumps around in slacks. And he uh, the itsy bitsy spider this week. Yep, he sure did. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would refer you back to our top three people who should quit segment that we did about 15 minutes ago. Uh, Finn Balor should quit the company and uh, go feud with Tamatanga and Kenny Omega over the leadership of the Bullet Club. That's what Finn Balor should do. And I will keep saying that's what he should do as long as they do stuff like this with him. If he moves, should he break up with Kathy Kelly? I mean, it's either that or you got to lock it down. And I don't, I don't know if he's the marrying type. All right. Braun Strowman is wrestling Kevin Owens in a steel cage. Sure. No one ever gets heat on Braun. What? what uh, I, don't, I don't know why we're doing this. He's a cartoon character, though. Um, I mean, he's the strongest they've pushed a baby face. It's like if you want to look a gift horse in the mouth, this is the closest thing to like a real baby face push they've given anybody in forever. But yes, the fact that nobody can like knock him down or, you know, Austin every once in a while got beat up and left laying and then would, you know, vow revenge and come back the next week and raise hell. But uh, no, Braun is a, is a cartoon character and nothing hurts him and nothing keeps him down and He'll just find creative, cartoonish things that Vince McMahon finds funny, uh, especially if they involve poop. And, uh, yeah, he'll just do them to whoever he's feuding with. Cool. (laughs) Clearly, the main event of this show is Roman Reigns versus Bob Lashley. And here's what I like about this feud. It's only one thing that I like about it. It feels, I don't want to say real because the promos are really crappy. And, but I like the idea of two guys feuding because they just don't like each other. It's not like one guy poured paint on the other guy's race car or, (laughs) or stole his over a shampoo commercial. Right, or stole his ring jacket, or <laughs> or anything like that. They just don't like each other. I just wish they were able to explain to us with their promos exactly why they don't like each other. And I feel like maybe they've tried a little bit, but it's coming off more as this intense hatred blood feud when really maybe it should be more of a rivalry kind of thing at this point. Where Roman's like, I'm the guy, and Lashley's like, you're only the guy because I went away. And then they're like, hey, well, let's prove it. And then after they have a match, then it could turn into a blood feud. But it feels like they skipped right to the blood feud part, and I'm not really convinced. First of all, I'm not convinced that they dislike each other because they're terrible promos. (laughs) But (laughs) Actually, I don't think Roman's a bad promo. They just clearly, he clearly never says no to a script. And he's not particularly strong at delivering scripted dialogue. You ever hear that guy speak off the cuff? He's he's good. Yeah. But anyway, uh, those are my jumbled thoughts on this Roman Lashley feud. I like the germ of the idea. I don't particularly care for how it's played out. Yeah. I and mean, sorry, go ahead. No, but that, that's about all I got. So yeah, I mean, on paper, it's it's two big dudes who don't like each other. And they want to prove they're better than the other guy. That, on paper, as you said, is a little bit refreshing. It's not a multi-man ladder match or, you know, a hardcore match for a number one contender shot. It's something that feels a little different than that. We don't get a lot of personal issues in uh, in professional wrestling these days because the people that put the shows together don't have the energy or the time, or perhaps just don't want to make the effort. To uh, you know, to tell stories like that anymore. So I would agree with you that as far as like their facial expressions, the physicality that they've done, I think that's very good. Um, their promos, which are all about uh, Roman complaining that he's been swerved by the office, and Bob complaining that Roman's gotten a hundred chances. I mean, that at least I think is a like again, if this was maybe starting out as you pointed out as a more friendly rivalry. It could have started with Roman saying, hey, I'm the uncrowned world champion. I want one more shot. And Bob coming out and saying, uh, well, you've had some shots and you can't get it done, but I think I can. And then Roman says, well, buddy, you're going to have to go through me. And Bob says, okay, I'll, I will. And then you do your match. Uh, maybe that, but they, it's like they've, they've, they've 
coded it in this work shoot thing that I absolutely despise. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the show before or not, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, I mean the, the angle they did on the go home show with, you know, the big brawl, they go to that crowd brawl a little too often for my taste with Roman, but it almost always works. It always gets a big reaction and Roman doing that dive is super cool and it's a great visual. So I don't have a lot of complaints about that go home angle. And I think it'll be a good match. I think both these guys are, are talented. Um, and as you said, there's something, there's some nugget of freshness, and maybe it's just because it's a match itself that we haven't seen ever. Maybe that helps a little bit too. Um, I don't know. I like. I'm not unexcited for this, which is more than I could say for probably Roman's last four or five pay per view matches. What a what a glowing endorsement. <laughs> I'll put that on the. Do they still make DVDs for these shows? I, I think they do. Yeah, they that'll sell... be the quote on the back of the box. <laughs> People were not unexcited when Roman Reigns challenged Bob Lashley. That's awesome. I I uh, I fell asleep with Ron this week. I didn't sleep through the whole show, but I I fell asleep for a little while. And in my sleep, I booked this great angle. And I was thinking, apparently, in my sleep about how no one ever gets any heat on Braun. And I figured out, you know, what if they used Almas and Zelina Vega? And the thing is, Almas kept, you know, keeps doing like the Randy Savage thing where he pulls Zelina Vega in front of him uh, anytime Braun goes to attack him and Braun won't attack a woman. Mm-hmm. And then and then Almas is, gets heat on Braun that way. Like, I know Almas is like 5'7 and they'll never do it for that reason. But sure. as a story, I want to see almost and Braun Strowman now. And I came up with this literally in my sleep. That's yeah, that's a really good story. They don't really tell stories anymore. <laughs> I saw someone pitching the idea. I was like, what if like, uh, you wanted to do something with Chad Gable, which LOL in the first place, but, <laughs> but if you did, and he was doing like, I don't know, 10 minute wrestling challenges. And finally one week, he wrestles somebody and he can't beat him. And he starts getting more and more frustrated and the t- kept going to draws. And then he finally snaps and he turns heel. And then you've got like a badass shooter, Chad Gable, you know, and, and then maybe Jason Jordan come back and you put them together as like angry heel, as you, as you like to point out there, they should have been the signers. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's a great idea. And I really liked that idea, but like, they don't do angles like that. They don't do stories like that anymore. And as much as we mock like shampoo commercials or some of that stuff from the the early two thousands, like at least they tried. So there's, I was thinking about like the WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania twenty. Was that the Christian and Chris Jericho match? Yeah, where Trish turned. Yeah, and like like that was that's not like the greatest story ever told, but like that was like the ninth match down on that card, and that had like so much heat behind it because Christian was good at playing a sleazy jerk and. Jericho was believable as the good guy who was fighting for his lady. And it's like, it's not, it wouldn't be hard. You have three hours. You have five (laughs) hours if you count. Like, you could make stories for everybody. It's like, as much as those, like, Attitude Era shows are jumbled messes, at least, like, they tried to tell stories. Like, everybody had, now, I mean, part of that problem was that too many people had storylines, but at least, like, they picked some people and gave them storylines, and people remember those eras of television because it's like, hey, remember that, even if it was terrible television, like, remember when Big Show and Big Boss Man, remember when Big Show coffin surfed? Like, that was terrible. But, like, that was, again, that's like a down-the-card, mid-card feud, but they, like, used to put effort into that stuff. Even if it was bad, like, at least they put, you can, like, remark, hey, they used to put effort into their, like, undercard and mid-card. But now it's like, what's the like the undercard feud equivalent of I don't know Jericho and Christian now? Is it is it Balor and 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 Constable? Like Pro- yeah, where like one guy just says "Ha, you're short," and then the other guy, and they punch each other. Like they're so their storytelling is so lazy, and they don't really shoot angles anymore. And it's it's like the last great thing I remember on the show was the Festival of Friendship which is, like, one of the top five greatest things I've ever seen in, press, in pro wrestling. And it's like, 
I can't think of like a single thing that came anywhere close to that. It's like they do a hundred thousand Miz TV segments every week on television, and they all lead to the same thing where they have a tag match later in the show. And it's all so formulaic and so un uninspired. Yes. Well, once again, I feel I've said too much. <laughs> well, the G1 starts this weekend. If you care about New Japan and you want wrestling where it feels like wins and losses matter, and if you don't want to sleep for the next five weeks, like I won't, <laughs> the G1 starts this weekend. Hey, Hiromu Takahashi broke his neck. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of professional wrestling fans and journalists had to rush to try to score points on either side of a debate about, you know, if guys are too unsafe now. And the answer is, yeah, to an extent, yeah, they are. But they're also like, I mean, I'm not that far removed from being like 22 years old. And I know what, how I thought about my own physical health in that time. And I like, I don't, unless you, specifically ban this move this specific move this specific move this specific move i don't know you know you can hope that hey will osprey saw that and goes hey i should take it a little easier i should make sure you know i don't put so many moves into my matches where i have a chance of landing on my neck or my head but like i, I don't know is there like a a, a catch-all solution to solve <laughs> this no there's not i mean unless you just you ban all how do you how do you ban how do you ban that though like some of that is just like he took he took that bump weird yeah um i don't know if you wanted to ban all package package pile drivers or package drivers which i guess that kind of was I, I don't have a problem with that sure but but yeah. where do you but where do you draw the line and you know i'm sure you know you know, do you ban DDTs then? And you're like, no, <laughs> that's a transition move in every match. Right. Do you ban apron bumps, which everybody does now? That's the other thing, right. too. I think the crazy, dangerous, or exciting, spectacular moves of yesterday become the spot we see in every match today. Um, so eventually, everyone's going to. And I don't want to sound defeatist or like, oh, we have no hope. We should just let them go out there and kill themselves. No, and hopefully those people have people in their lives or veterans around them that can discuss that sort of stuff with them. And like I said, hopefully they're, if, if there's a thought like, hey, there's like a 75% chance I'm going to land on my neck if I do this move, then hopefully maybe they'll think twice about doing it next time. But yes, as you mentioned, you can ban that specific move, like you know, pile drivers have been banned or or whatever, or certain moves off the top rope, shooting star presses, whatever. You can ban certain moves. But yeah, crazy athletic young guys are always going to do crazy athletic young guy stuff in wrestling. Uh, and you hope that there are, you know, less dynamite kid type situations out there than there are, you know. You know, hopefully there's more success stories and less, you know, less of that kind of thing. But I don't know that there's, uh, you know, some perfect answer uh, and I feel like everybody just kind of wanted to argue about like whose style is safer or whatever. And it's just, yeah, maybe just, maybe everybody just says, Hey, I hope Romy Takahashi can walk again one day. Like that would be cool. I really yeah. hope that that guy doesn't have like long, like super long-term health issues because of this. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it comes and goes in waves too. Like I think WWE banned German suplexes kind of in the era after Angle and Benoit and Edge all broke their necks, and mm -hmm. and Austin, the uh, neck fusion era, yeah, they they all broke their necks, and I think they banned German suplexes for a while, like for years. I don't remember seeing a German on a WWE show, and then one day they just started happening again. Um, I I don't know. I mean, that's you know, that's the whims of whoever's in charge of WWE, but. I think, I mean, I'm watching the best of Super Juniors this year. There's a standing one, there's a standing Spanish fly in every single match, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. About, like the running drop kicks. Like the, I was thinking about the Takahashi and Desperado match where mm -hmm. they just brawled everywhere and did like running drop kicks on concrete and into into folding chairs and 
And I was like, it was just like a spot in the match. And then they rest, they both wrestled again the next day. Yeah. So it's, and I mean, part of that is also just, I mean, uh, Tyson Kidd broke his neck on a muscle buster that Smojo's given to, you know, a thousand guys. So, you know, part of that, you know, accumulation of bumps, you only have so many bumps to take on your, uh, they call it, I guess they call it the bump card or whatever, but. I don't, I don't know, man. It's. I just think maybe right now it's not the time to try to argue about what's safe or what needs to be done or the state of wrestling. You can hope guys will tone it down, but I also think, you know, maybe just right now we should just be hopeful that that guy isn't, like, permanently crippled. Well, you got you to gotta, you gotta pick for the winner of the G1? Ah... Uh... He looks weird without that belt, so I'm going Okada. I'll go Naito just for the heck of it. Um, it does seem weird not to see Okada with that title, but I think I think Naito. I think Naito wins. That's I mean that's fair too. You have Naito is the guy who couldn't get it done against Okada at the Tokyo Dome, and now you have the guy who did finally end his reign. And you know, they both face each other in the Tokyo Dome. That's I mean, that's a fine story. Um and I mean, yeah, Okada should probably not be champion for a while. So I'm I'm okay with him kind of drifting down towards maybe that intercontinental level for a little bit. I don't think that would hurt him. All right. Um, get anything else? No, I mean, we we kind of we this is a dark show, but uh, <laughs> we've been off for a few weeks. I mean, only one week, and uh, I guess we just had a lot of it pent up, but. Uh, as always, I, every once in a while, I like to end with the reminder that there is more good wrestling available to you and to me and to everyone that has an internet connection than there's ever been in the history of the world. Whether you're watching old stuff on the network, or you're watching Evolve, or you're watching ICW, or RevPro, or Ring of Honor, or I hear Impact's good, I'll never watch it, but, you know, God bless him. And, uh... And, you know, there's, there's so much good wrestling out there. And yes, even once in a while, WWE finds a way to put on a good show or have a memorable good match or good segment. So it, you, you, there's some dark clouds on that horizon, but you just got to keep on keeping on and uh, put one foot in front of the other. All right. Till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. So one, depending on which one's funnier, I'll probably only leave one of these in in the bonus feature. <laughs> okay. So I just saw the new uh, Ant-Man movie. Yes. And uh, Evangeline Silly is in that. Yes, yeah, yeah, she is. She got old, man. Happens to all of us, man. I know, but I just, I wasn't ready for it. Like, <laughs> Lost, like, Lost was for like 14 years ago. Yeah. And I was like, she was a really good guest on Craig's show. Mm-hmm. So like, I remember that era <laughs> mm-hmm. and man, things have, 
Like, <laughs> not not saying she's not attractive now. Right. Not saying she's horrid, but right. you can tell that she's in her forties and right. that she has taken some steps to try to keep herself <laughs> looking like she's in her thirties. And it's just sad. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, there comes a time with all celebrity crushes where you just have to decide, am I in this for the long haul (laughs) or am I going to cut bait? And the good news is because it's just celebrity crushes, you can cut bait at any time. (laughs) True. What? Excellent. And so my other other female thing is actually somewhat related to wrestling. Um, So I think... I heard Brian say this about Michelle McCool once, that she was, like, the prettiest girl he'd ever seen that had no (laughs) sex appeal. Yes, I've used that analogy in real life before, yes. Okay, because that's how I feel about Carmella. Like, she checks every box for what, theoretically, I would find attractive, what any, you know, (laughs) heterosexual man would find attractive. And I just look at it, and I'm like... Nothing. Well, there's yeah. I, I mean, I hear you. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I was like, does that does that does that just happen? Like, is is it the other end of the spectrum? Is he too young? Like, I I don't know. Like, there is definitely a thing when you get old, like me, where there is like it's there are people that's like, oh, it's too she's too she's just too young. I can't look at her as you know. I can't look at her that way, and mm-hmm. that's probably. Uh, um, like the Liv Morgans and Alexa Blisses of the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's not really, I'm, not that I really have a type, but, um, you know, it's not really my type anyway, but uh, yeah, I just look at them and I'm like, okay, I, I see how people find them attractive, but it's just, they're, they look like children. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, no. <laughs> um, I can't think of another good example of someone that uh, would check all the boxes, but has absolutely no sex appeal off the top of my head. But I feel like there's, yeah, there's there's good examples of that. I don't know, kind of feel that way about like Ariana Grande, or oh, no, she, no, she looks like a child. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like... I I, <laughs> I had a discussion with a guy who was cutting my hair one time, <laughs> and uh, it's like, uh, do you see Ariana Grande on Saturday Night Live? I'm like, no, man. It's like, <laughs> She was, she was, this dude's older than I am, uh-huh. like, like 10 or 15 years older than I am. He's like, she is so hot, dude. And I'm like, she just looks like a child to me. <laughs> I, I can't, can't get into that. And he's like, uh, uh, not if you've seen her on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. So, so what, what I'm ascertaining from really both of our, our, <laughs> since they kind of connected together, I got to leave them both in now, uh, <laughs> is that you come to a crossroads. Where you can follow where you where where you were, you can stay on the same path, or you got to take a hard U-turn and start over. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, something like that. I guess he started over. And I like to solve crimes. <laughs> Why did you go, yay, for that's the first time it's ever been said? Oh, like Agatha Christie. It's not Angela Lansbury, it's a chicken. Do we have a picture of Angela Lansbury? No, that is an actual picture of Angela Lansbury. Damn it, how long have we been doing this show? When I ask for a picture of Angela Lansbury, this is the picture you put up. Yes! Not. Not. If I ask for a picture of Sir Paul McCartney, this is the picture you put up. I go about my daily life and I, you know, walk around and people are like, who's that guy? Get him to put pants on. Sometimes. I wanted to use that Walk the Moon song, uh, One Foot, which is why I hack- ha- hackily put in 
uh, finish my sign off with that. Nah, it's it's not it's not hacky when you're when you're editing. Nothing's hacky, my friend. <laughs> Noted. God said it I try to keep on keeping on.